On this episode of Extinction Event, the wolves of Japan were once best friends with local farmers, but not unlike a middle school clique, their alliance was short lived and the relationship crumbled. The wolves turned into backstabbing beasts, and the Japanese weren't just going to let that slide. They wanted revenge. Did you ever feel so bad inside? Welcome to Season 2 of Extinction Events, a podcast about extinct animals and how they got that way. I'm your host, Melissa Thomas. I am super excited to be back. Welcome, Jack. Hey, that's me. I'm excited to be back, too. Season 2, it's been a couple months. We've been out of commission. Well, how, how have you been, Jack? What have you been up to? I've been hibernating since our last one. I crawled into a hole and been sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess uh, what's happened since then, I don't know what you missed. Um, yeah, you didn't miss anything. Oh, good. That's what yeah. I hope. It's winter. It's it's mm-hmm. a throwaway month we're in right now. I ate a lot of salmon. Gave me the energy I needed to get through <laughs> this winter. Those omega threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a mammoth bar or two. And <laughs> I was woken up by the the call of a podcast. I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So this week we're doing the Japanese wolf. Have you ever been to Japan? I have been once on a layover. <laughs> Is that really count? If it's yeah, just, technically. How long was the layover? 24 hours. All I remember was the breakfast was interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I hate the breakfast over there. That's it, It's dinner. I ate something that I thought was yogurt and it wasn't yogurt. <laughs> Might have been horseradish. <laughs> I need pastries and cereal. I can't eat fish breakfast. <laughs> fish over rice for breakfast. I would love to go back and explore, but yeah, my, my experience is very short lived. Mm. Oh, well, how about wolves? How do you feel about wolves? Well, I've never heard of a Japanese wolf. This is all new to me. Right. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess if I thought about it for three seconds, of course there would be wolves in Japan. But, you know, that never crossed my mind. Right. You don't really hear about a lot of wolves, except for us here in North America. We we hear about the Yellowstone wolves and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they extincted most of the wolves everywhere else. So that's why I don't hear about them. I want to hear about this one. All right. Well... Uh, Enough of that. I guess uh, we should get into it. Just side note, you know, this is a new season. There's going to be new stuff coming at you, new format. Brace yourself. That's all I'm saying. Hold hold on to your... Hold on to your butts. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll start with a little background on the Japanese wolf. Japan had two wolf subspecies, the Japanese wolf and the Hokkaido wolf, The Japanese wolf was in the south, the Hokkaido wolf in the north, in Hokkaido. Hmm. The origin of these wolves is not entirely clear, but they could have been relatively recent arrivals to the archipelago, maybe even as recent as 20,000 years ago. They would evolve to be smaller over time. Japanese wolves are pretty small as far as wolves go, but they're not the smallest, the Arab wolf is the very tiniest. So they're kind of like almost fox size? 
or a little bit bigger? Uh, b- bigger, yeah, bigger than a fox. Maybe like a coyote? I don't know. We can just imagine. Yeah, sure. When humans arrive on the Japanese archipelago, they bring domesticated dogs with them. We see fossils of domesticated dogs in Japan that date to approximately 9,500 years ago. Then, in the early 700s, we start hearing reports of contact with wolves. And this is crazy. It's an extinction event first. The humans don't immediately try to kill all of the wolves. Wait a minute. <laughs> Do they have some like mind-altering disease or they were on some like spiritual drug trip? It's very unusual. I guess they admired the wolves because they thought their hunting instincts were pretty good. Oh. So they brought their domesticated dogs and they wanted their dogs to mate with the wolves so that they maybe could pick up on some of those hunting instincts. Oh, I see the angle now. They were just trying to improve their dogs. Yeah. I see. Okay. Always something. Always got to gain something. It's cool. I mean, yeah. At least it's not killing them. Hey, Bluey, you see that wolf over there? Yeah. Why don't you go over there and let him sniff your butt? Oh, no, no I, I, I couldn't possibly do that. Come on, you're, you're a young pup. It's a wolf, he's a wild animal. You got, a, you got the whole world in front of you. you. You'd be a catch. That wolf would be lucky to mate with a dog like you. He sleeps outside in the, in the, in the woods. I, 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 Go I, over what, there. What would I say? We don't have anything in common. You don't gotta say anything. Go over there. You sniff his butt. Let him sniff your butt. Then you're married or whatever, and you can have babies. I mean, what's in it for me? I get a, like a treat or... I'll give you three kibbles. Uh, all right. Some early inhabitants, like the indigenous Ainu, uh, would take their dogs into the mountains while they were in heat and uh, let them breed with the wolves. Uh, hi there. Yeah, I couldn't uh, help notice that you're sniffing my butthole. Oh, I, 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 is that is that okay? I, I don't know. You do these things like this up here. No, no, no. I am. That's totally fine with me. I, I, I appreciate a woman who's forward. Oh. Do you do you mind if I sniff your butt? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I haven't uh, bathed in a, a few years, but. Uh, yeah, it smells like it. <laughs> I guess you could go ahead and uh, mount. Me. Why is that guy giving you a thumbs up? <laughs> You're doing great, Bluey! So there's a lot of early hybridization happening between the wolves and the domestic dogs. Because of this, Japanese dogs exhibited many wolf-like traits. They formed packs that defended neighborhoods and villages. They hunted game. And they didn't bark like most domesticated dogs do. So basically, they're just perfect dogs. Yeah. So so what you have is the Japanese breeds like the Shiba and the Akita. Those are actually the closest genetic relatives to wolves. Mm. Those dogs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because they don't look like it, right? You'd think, oh, the husky, but no. Uh, you only see those breeds, though, when they're like perfectly manicured. I'd yeah. like to see one that's like, you know, a little feral and see if it looked kind of like a wolf. Yeah. 
But some Japanese people didn't just keep dogs as pets. They also farmed them. You mean like they gave them like rakes and shovels and, and had them help out at the farm? In the following. <laughs> no, uh, they would eat them and use their skin as clothing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. time, I guess. Yeah. Okay. No judgment. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Put feed it on the table. Did I say feud? <laughs> So, when villages started to become more established and populated, there's more people, more wolves started coming down into the villages to mate on their own with the local dogs. So, before, the Japanese were sending their dogs into the mountains to Uh mate, and now the wolves are coming down into the villages to facilitate it. Isn't that typical? (laughs) When I was a kid, you had to, like call a girl on the phone and like their parents might pick up and it was terrifying yeah and now kids can just be like beep 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 not even have to put themselves out there with just a text i know same thing with wolves and then your parents might be listening in yeah on another phone yeah you can't do that on text no (laughs) so you have these wolves coming down into the villages and uh during those times children were told not to wear any dog skin clothing and uh obviously the reasoning there is that you don't want a wolf mistaking a child for a wolf dog you know because that's how you get wolf man (laughs) it 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 reminds me of uh the warning labels on products that are ridiculous because it's like you know one time a kid was wearing some wolf clothes and a wolf mistook him for naked scarred for life (laughs) and then ever since then it was a rule in the village like hey everybody no wolf skin clothes bradley you know had to wear that coat that one time and ruin it for everyone (laughs) jeez yeah Many early Japanese farmers worshipped wolves. They left food for them. They built shrines for them. Some even believed that they were descended from wolves. Part of the reason they were so loved was because they protected grain farmers from nuisances like deer and other ungulates. These hooved animals would trample and eat up all their crops, and the wolves kind of helped keep them in check. Hmm. Dogs love jobs. So farmers even visited shrines dedicated to wolves to ask for assistance in protecting their crops. They referred to wolves as the large-mouthed gods or the howling god. They were considered sacred animals and um, generally thought to be friendly creatures that could give you good fortune. Seems like a very positive relationship they had. And I'm sure it stayed that way for many hundred years. It did. Until current day. (laughs) There's a lot of love for wolves, roughly from 700 to the 1300s. During that time, the Japanese were more connected to the nature that surrounded them, and that's probably because of their proximity to it. You know, they were living in the forests and the mountains, and also there was a big influence from imported Buddhism and Taoism. It was a pretty good time for wolves because that respect for the forest and the animals gave them some protection. There was even a dog shogun 
that made it a crime to hurt any animal for a while. There was no killing or eating of animals. See, usually at this part of the story, instead of dog shogun, you'd say there is a dog gun, which is a weapon specifically designed to murder the animal we're talking about. I know. This is very unusual. This is a definite first in extinction. This is a crazy story. Yeah, people were punished for causing harm to animals. I found a story about one guy who spent 12 years in exile for killing a dog and a wolf. Both of them, I I don't know, went on a little rampage there. Well-deserved. Yeah. He's probably, you know, a psycho. Because that's like you're on your way to becoming a serial killer. But (laughs) 12 years exile. Yeah. Why don't we exile people today? I'd be the first in line. I guess that's why we don't exile people. Cause it, you want to be exiled. Well, it's like a, a vacation. It's like a sabbatical. Yeah. You're like, just get out of here. Go find yourself for the next 12 years. How do they know he's not out there hurting animals in exile? He for sure was hurting animals out there. A, a pile of furry carcasses in his path. And look at us now talking about him, giving him more attention. Exactly what he wanted. We didn't say his name. That's the thing. You, you can never say He knows. <laughs> he knows. Anyway, I'm just saying getting exiled sounds cool. Not everyone loved wolves and worshipped them, though. Some people were a little more dubious. Back then, you had a, a lot of kind of annoying things happening, like harvest failures, famines, and uh, epidemics that led to a lot of deaths. Inevitably, that led to a lot of decomposing bodies. The stench coming off of those bodies would have been like a dinner bell for a wolf. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Mm-mm. Looks like human tonight. <laughs> and they're like, Gary, we, we, these guys are cool. They like pray to us and stuff. Why are you so eager to eat them? I, I just love tearing into their pussy flesh, you know? Yeah, that's not normal. We eat live things all the time, and you're like geeking out about eating dead humans. Can we exile Gary? Some people are kind of getting pissed off at the wolves for eating the dead bodies, which I don't really get. So it kind of solves the problem. They bury them. They're just standing there like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> oh, look at them eating those dead bodies we left out. They shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I think there were so many dead bodies that they had to start piling them into ditches and stuff like that. And that's your like, oh, well. <laughs> The wolves are eating all the <laughs> dead bodies. That's not cool. Humans are crazy. You got bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> Piles of dead bodies. All right. Well, so also there's a lot of horse breeders in areas where that was a thing. That was a big part of the local economy. And wolves like to prey on horses. You know, the horse breeders weren't super thrilled about that either. So, you know, the love for wolves that we talked about wasn't universal. In some parts of Japan, people did worship them. Uh, In others, they killed them. 
Japan begins to modernize, and slowly that Buddhist connection to nature starts to deteriorate. Starting in the 18th century, this disconnection from nature leads to a larger fear of wolves. What was once considered the large-mouthed god is becoming the large-mouthed beast. Also, those horse ranchers are getting more serious about defending their horses from wolves. They get the help of specialized hunters to kill the wolves. There we go. Now comes the shogun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here we go. You go from the shogun to the gun show. How do you like that <laughs> word play, huh? You sound like you work in advertising. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> These hunters used guns or poison, typically. They would put poison into dead horses and they'd sprinkle it onto raw salt and leave it out for the wolves to scavenge. They also used things called pit traps and these other crazy traps that would crush the wolves. I'm not really sure how you crush a wolf, but if you've resorted to that measure, like maybe you need to just re-examine your career as a hunter in general yeah what is yeah when is crushing the best tool it seems like the most complicated exactly is this one of those things where they have like it's like on star wars where they have to like have two giant logs suspended <laughs> and then they come together and crush <laughs> you, you mean... yeah when they're on endor and the atst is walking around and it goes oh right yeah it gets crushed by two logs <laughs> This is what I'm imagining, and it seems like an awful lot of work. A lot of work. Either that or there's a guy, like, just standing next to a large rock with his shoulder up against it and, like, tell me when a wolf comes. Yeah. I I'm just thinking throw a wolf skin on your back oh. and walk around sort of Bugs Bunny style. <laughs> yeah. Scandalous. Guess yourself up as a gorgeous female wolf. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's easier ways than crushing them. When you crush their soul and you break up with them. Yeah. All right. Well, these hunters were paid, usually paid through bounties. We're familiar with those. This story's now starting to sound a little mm -hmm. familiar. Uh, that would have been a fixed amount given for each wolf, and a local lord would have paid that bounty to you. It wasn't always money that they'd get, though. Sometimes the local lord would compensate hunters by just allowing them to have some sake with them or uh, maybe inviting them to dinner. Wow. <laughs> so it was like you get paid in a little status upgrade. Because I'm sure word, word gets around like, oh, did you hear about this hunter dude? He had sake with the local lord. And then now you're a big deal. Yeah. It made me think of when I was like in middle school, we'd get those magazines and there had been a contest the month before, like win a date with whatever pop star was big right then. And then like that issue, they'd talk about their date and it was just super weird. Like a Tiger Beat magazine? Yeah. Win a date with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you're like, what? I didn't even know that was possible. And then the next month they'd go over their date and... The person be like, oh, he's so funny. How, we had a hamburger. How weird is that for Jonathan Taylor Thomas, though? Yeah, it's not a real date. Oh, gosh. And then, like, did they kiss at the end? We'll never tell. <laughs> it's like, no, they didn't let that girl, like, within a, you know, 10-foot range of him. Yeah. <sighs> this is a date over the phone. <laughs> it's 
extinction event is sponsored by Mammoth Bar. Mammoth. Uh, uh, actually, Melissa, uh, Mammoth Bar is out. We have a new sponsor. It's a uh, Mammoth Bart, <laughs> and uh, that is a giant um, Bart Simpson who uh, walks around and is definitely not a Mammoth Bar. Good to know. Okay. Yeah, Mammoth Bart is uh, pretty cool. He doesn't have four different flavors. Uh, like vanilla almond and macadamia coconut, goji berry trail mix, or cinnamon cashew. But he does have a skateboard. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Is the skateboard uh, all organic, uh, made with sprouted nuts? No, no. You can't eat this skateboard, but you can eat his shorts. <laughs> and the shorts, unfortunately, do not have sprouted nuts and uh, they are made of weird stuff, which, you know, like yeah. our former sponsor, Mammoth Bar, they had no weird stuff, and they were organic, and they had a lot of clean ingredients, and it was a really good snack. But now, our new sponsor, Mammoth Bart, he says stuff like, cool your jets, man. That's a good feature to have. Well, thank you, Mammoth Bart. I mean, you could still eat Mammoth Bars. Like, let's say you and this Mammoth Bart Simpson... You're doing the Bart Man. You like work up a sweat. You might be hungry after that. Yes. If you are doing the Bart Man with Mammoth Bart, grab yourself a Mammoth Bar. They're low in sugar, only nine grams, and they're packed with protein. 12, 12 grams. 12 grams of protein. No weird stuff, guys. And you know what? It would be a perfect snack if you're stuck in detention having to write a bunch of stuff up on the chalkboard every day. <laughs> Touche. Go get your Mammoth Bars today at mammothbar.com. Sorry. Excuse Melissa there. We're no longer doing Mammoth Bars. Go hang out with Mammoth Bart. You'll see him wherever you see uh, giant Bart Simpson walking around. Thank you. Thank you, Mammoth Bart. Mammoth Bart. I caramba. there is a real incentive to kill wolves people start actively hunting them down as if that wasn't enough the wolf's public image was about to get blown to smithereens this time in the form of a deadly virus starting in the 1730s wolves begin contracting something they call mad wolf or mad dog disease dogs got it too it made wolves go crazy Literally, they turned into actual man killers. Whoa. Yeah. And this was tough because even in the places where the wolves used to protect the farmer's crops, their image is going to change. These former guardians start becoming man eaters. This has just got to be some bad luck, right? That this crazy virus comes around that totally alters your mood and makes you into crazy wolf where you would suddenly start attacking people, ultimately leading to your downfall. It kind of reminds me of the Dr. Pepper tin. Is it? Have you seen that stuff? Do you remember that? It was like, oh, it's, it's just... not for women. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the tagline? It's Dr. Pepper tin soda. It, it's like dudes grabbing fish out of streams with their bare hands. Oh, it was the worst. It was just like, yeah, we're overly macho dudes, and that's why we drink Dr. Pepper 10. It's not made for a woman. <laughs> and then you're like, what? nobody's buying this. Yeah. Like, guys don't think this is cool, and quite frankly, it's offensive. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing here. 
It's like we liked it when you had your way with our dogs, but um, now you're killing people. You're, <laughs> you've gone too far. It's a fine line, and you crossed it. I mean, to me, it kind of feels like you suddenly got this reputation of being like a real goofball, right? Or a slob. There's a rumor going around that you're a slob. And then now you're coming up to a party and you're like, hey, I'm going to be like just the most cordial person. And the first thing you do is like spill a bunch of mustard all over yourself. (laughs) It's just bad luck. I don't know. Yeah, it it was bad timing. Well, there's no good time to uh, get mad wolf disease, really. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I found this one crazy story about infected wolves that were roaming around near a village. And this man was walking home at night and he gets assaulted by one of the wolves. It starts biting him, attacking him. And to defend himself, the man breaks one of the wolf's legs. Then he grabbed the wolf's jaw and tears it apart with his bare What? <laughs> but that's, that's not it. Then he bites the wolf on its throat and that kills it. So... <laughs> Here's the twist, though. What? That wolf was his dad. Oh, jeez. How else are you going to get the power and the strength to rip a wolf jaw in half and break its leg? Flashback, you know, 20 years earlier when he's a little kid wearing a wolf skin vest when the wolves are coming down in heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you connecting these dots okay. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what the tearing of the jaw just i i can only see that scene in beetlejuice mm-hmm. when they're in the waiting room or whatever that scarred me permanently as a child you know when they like rip open the jaw and turn into the weird things and then do they take the eyes and put them in the mouth i don't uh-huh. remember what they do see kids don't get enough of that these days i know they're sheltered you need more stuff that scars you for life you need to throw some some wolf coats on and, yeah, yeah. Anyways, this guy's obviously stretching the story a bit much. This is a remarkable story. Who knows how much of it's true? If this guy's our only witness, we probably stumbled upon some poor old wolf, like looking for a place to die, <laughs> teetering <laughs> he on tripped over yeah. a wolf that uh, was already yeah. dead. The wolf's like, and here it shall be my final resting place. And the guy's like, uh, uh. Falls, skins his knee, comes to the bar, and it's like, oh, I got a story to tell you guys. He's the nastiest wolf I ever seen. He was 20 feet long, 3 feet high. And after I ripped open his jaw and bit his throat, you know what I did? You know what I did? What? I took a pine cone and I skinned him on the spot. And then you know what I did? <laughs> I made a hat out of his skin. And then you know what I did? I I can't possibly know. Well, I'm not wearing the hat, am I? No. I took the hat and I stuffed it into his mouth. And then I set him on fire. And then I came down here to the pub. Yeah. (laughs) Was this in (laughs) self-defense? Like, (laughs) are you just torturing animals? I had a bone to pick with this particular wolf. (laughs) I have reason to believe we had a past. Wow. Of course, this deadly virus that we're talking about was rabies. Rabies is transmitted through a bite wound 
a canine infected uh, would start hiding in dark places. Then it starts wandering around aimlessly. It's going to get more irritable and will then basically just bite pretty much anything it encounters, whether that be human, animal, even inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a log. Yeah, a log. So if you see a log with bite marks on it, watch out. Mm-hmm. Might be a rabies animal around. Uh, then muscle spasms will cause it to drool, and eventually it loses all coordination, goes into a coma, and dies. People who were infected by a bite from a wolf or a dog would often die in a really similar way to that which I just <laughs> described. Uh-huh. But it would take it could take up for a year for a human to die from rabies, and it was a pretty painful experience. Sounds like it. But generally, there really aren't a lot of reliable reports of healthy wolves attacking humans, worldwide even. Uh, In North America, they're almost non-existent. Most accounts of wolf attacks are linked to rabies or wolf-dog hybrids. Uh, You know, dogs are much more likely to attack a human. Wolves tend to stay away from them. But wolves get this bad rap. Mm -hmm. There's really no reason for it. There's no evidence to kind of back that up. You know what it is? It's it's their superior hunting instincts that drew humans' appreciation in the first place. That hunting instinct says, stay away yeah. from people. That's true. So the virus is spreading like crazy, and human attacks are getting more frequent. People are not as stoked on the wolf as they used to be, but regardless, there's some people up in the mountains who are still holding off judgment diehards they're probably just thinking it's a weird phase that they're going through like a teenage phase wolves yeah yeah it's like they're fine yeah they're killing a couple people pink deal so they're wearing all black and listening to creepy music fine they're wolves let them do their thing yeah uh it's not just wolves that are affected by this obviously dogs were getting rabies too and all infected dogs are ordered to be killed they're now also required to be licensed and if you were a dog that was found without a license you could be killed on site that's tough man yo you hear about toby now what's up with toby yeah heard he uh picked up that mad dog thing yeah. He'd been uh, sleeping around, you know what I mean? Uh, he had a one-night stand. Well, hold on. I thought this is a sexually transmitted disease. You know what uh, happens behind closed doggy doors? It's none of my business. Things might get a little uh, kinky. I'm, well, excuse my questions. I'm just trying to establish whether this disease is sexually transmitted or something. Uh, I suppose since it is an exchange of fluids and whatnot, that it could happen during sexual intercourse. It's- but I didn't know if it was specifically that. It's the biting. Ah, Francis. which okay, I can understand the confusion with us being dogs and whatnot, and uh, biting perhaps being a part of intercourse. It'd be like if you're doing it doggy style, and then you things get a oh, little crazy. Know. What other style is there? <laughs> they do a little nibble on the back of the neck. You know, That's it's totally nice. normal. Maybe you don't do that kind of stuff. Whatever. Anyway, I, I, sorry to interrupt your story with these uh, inquisition, but I now that I have that. Clarified, please tell me about Toby. I think that was his name, correct? <laughs> He's Toby, man. She's like you don't even care about what happened to Toby. I'm asking now. <laughs> well, they killed him, all right? He's dead. Did he have his license on him? 
I I don't even know if you had a license. Well, no kidding. Well, yeah, you, d- double what double you jeopardy. You get out there with no license, you're gonna get shot. Yeah. It's eighteen sixty-eight, and the Japanese government decides that they want to develop a modern livestock industry in Japan, using animals like cattle, sheep, and more horses. This is very different from how Japan had traditionally farmed. Previously, they're using hooved animals like oxen to help them work the land. And now they're going to use hooved animals as a food source. So to do this, they get an American advisor, an experienced rancher, to come over and help out. The dude basically takes everything he knows about American ranching and just copy-pastes it over to Japan. This includes the practice of destroying wolves and wild dogs. He comes in, he's like, one thing I know about ranching, you gotta kill them dogs. Get along, little doggy. Alright, so once again, the uh, Japanese wolves are gonna get rebranded. They went from sacred guardians to fearful forest creatures to crazy man-eating beasts, and now to pesky nuisances that just need to be dealt with. Wolves did kill livestock at these new westernized farms in Japan. And it seemed like there was an unusual amount of wolves at the time, which it turns out there was. The area where a lot of the experimental farms were located also happened to be the area where deer retreated to during the winter months. And so normally wolves would follow these deer to these areas, snack on some venison during those cold months, all is well. But hunters had beat them to it. They had killed most of the deer that the wolves would have eaten Mm -hmm. if they like the normal cycle of things. So the wolves kind of had no choice but to turn on the livestock at that point. It's like me. I get up. It's the middle of the night. I'm hungry. I really want a healthy snack of some celery. But somebody got in there before me and all there's left is cookies. Yeah. (laughs) Who ate my cookies? You know, Mm -hmm. what do you want me to do? I wanted some broccoli. (laughs) And all there's left is cookies. (sighs) Where are all my baby carrots? The thing is, wolves were not responsible for all of these losses, which is, you know... We've heard this before. Records actually show that the majority of deaths happening were not from wolves, but from snow and other causes. So they weren't even the major cause of the losses. Things like weather were, but because they hadn't figured out how to control the weather at that point, you Mm -hmm. know, killing wolves was all they could do. Have they figured out how to control weather since? Uh, uh, No, not uh, to the best of my knowledge. Not yet. Thank you for not making a rain dance joke. That would have been wildly inappropriate. A rain dance joke? Mm-hmm. <sighs> this reflects modern ranching attitudes in the United States as well, where weather is also the main cause of deaths, but wolves get the blame. It sounds cooler. You want to be like, oh, you know, a cold snap took half my <laughs> flock. I don't know. I'm not a rancher. That sounds right. It's just way more gratifying hunting and killing a wolf than it is shooting at clouds. Okay. (laughs) And I said clouds, not clowns. I know it sounded different. And you're like, wait a minute. Why wouldn't it be more gratifying to shoot at clowns? 
Thank you for clearing that up. But uh, Japanese ranchers don't really care. They've bought in on, on this whole American ranching system. You know, even though the wolves aren't the main cause of livestock loss, they want them out of there. So they're going to start amping up their efforts to get rid of wolves. They're using poison again, strychnine, and they put it everywhere. They're just killing everything. You know, they're putting it on chunks of meat, sprinkling it all over the place. It's a real scene. Helping to expedite the process is yet another bounty system. Again, there is a reward for each wolf killed. One of the ways that would work is you would cut off the ears of the wolf and later on uh, the four paws of the wolf, and you'd turn those in to receive your bounty. The reason being your local lord was nice enough to leave you with the rest of the pelt to sell mm. or, you know, make oh, it close. What do you do with all those wolf paws? Yeah. It's yeah, I thought about that. A lucky wolf paw keychains. You think that's where it came from? Not that those actually exist? What's, oh, God, you know they do. And I, it sucks that they do. Anyway, uh, well, thanks to all of that poison and the bounties, their killing campaign is very successful because by the late 1800s, early 1900s, wolf sightings are rare. Whoa. Oh, yeah. You know what that means. Oh, yeah. In 1905, an American comes to Japan to collect exotic animal specimens for institutions in England. And he buys this wolf at a village, a dead wolf, for eight yen. And I, I spent like half a day trying to figure out how much eight yen back then would be today. Yeah. And I, it's not, yeah. I don't I, I think it would have been about 25 bucks. Sure. But okay. I don't I don't have any way of backing that up. All right. So the wolf had been shot a couple days earlier by hunters. At first, they just threw the wolf away. But then they hear there's this guy in the neighborhood looking for animals. So they dig it out of the trash and they sell it to him. 25 bucks. That wolf eventually ends up in the British Museum of Natural History. And I believe it is still there today. They still have that. It's book. like that old saying, you know, one man's garbage is another... Exhibit in the Museum of Natural History. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about that story about throwing it in the trash is like, don't you think it's weird that you would just go hunting and then throw away the thing you were hunting? It's kind of unusual. Unless you weren't going hunting, then you were going murdering. <laughs> He's just asking to be exiled. The goal was to kill, not like to harvest. You had some urges that you yeah. needed to... This hey, guys, I'm going to go murder... <coughs> hunting. Was there just, like, a bunch of serial killers back in the day? And You never know. Probably. Maybe everybody was. In the town? In the town where that last wolf was purchased, there is a uh, shrine to that wolf. It's uh, supposed to be a replica of that last wolf. Mm -hmm. You should look it up. Japanese Wolf Memorial. It's a cool statue. Um, well, that was nice of them to do. That was nice. They didn't have to do that. Oh. Not a lot of towns would make a memorial to a piece of garbage. <laughs> Stop. Uh, so we think this might have been the last wolf ever caught in Japan because, well, no wolves have turned up since then. So that's it? Yeah, I, that's, I, that's it. Well, 
Thanks, thanks for playing, Japanese Wolf. Maybe you should have switched over to Purina and、uh, prevented this whole thing from happening. That's what you get for eating dead people, Gary. <laughs> But wait, was it the last wolf? Dun, dun, dun.、Uh, maybe not. Wolf sightings continue after 1905. Those sightings are investigated. And none can be confirmed.、Uh, we still hear about wolf sightings to this day. People report wolf howling, wolf tracks, wolf poop.、Mm. And the belief there is that maybe the wolves retreated far into the mountains and are just hiding there, which is, we've definitely heard that before. If that's the case, there are just like a ton of animals hiding out in yeah. caves. Yeah. Hopefully. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So, You know, maybe they're in the mountains. Well, a group of people go up into the mountains to look for them and they bring tape recordings of Canadian wolves howling with them in the hopes that this is going to lure them out of the, the mountain caves. Wow, this is cool. Yeah. So they play the tapes. Oh, just a Canadian wolf out here. <laughs> But the tapes didn't work. No wolves responded to、uh, the calls of the Canadian wolves. They've also set up recorders deep in the woods to see if they can pick up you know, these wolf howls that people report. And、uh, all they're picking up is silence. I mean, that's not true. They're probably picking up like a lot of. Yeah, birds like. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> But no wolf howls. So、uh, it looks like the Japanese wolves probably went extinct around 1905. But hey, they had a pretty good go at it. They went from gods to, to gone. Nice. Gods to goners. There is an organization. Gods trying... to dogs. Okay. Gods to dead dogs. <laughs> Thank you for that very special contribution. Gods to dead dogs lying <laughs> in a ditch and there's. Flies buzzing around them. Okay. Thank you for that. It's very good. You did a good job. You're welcome. There is an organization trying to reintroduce wolves to Japan.、Uh, you've probably heard about how we introduced wolves, reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone.、Mm-hmm. That was a really successful program and basically it restored the entire park's ecosystem.、Uh, wolves are a keystone species and Basically, they're the key to a healthy、uh, ecosystem. If you haven't heard about that project, I highly suggest that you look it up. Look it up when you're looking up the wolf statue. Anyway, so they want to reintroduce wolves to Japan, but to the best of my knowledge, I, I don't think they've done it yet. I think it's probably for now just those weird furry wolves, you know? <laughs> the, like the, the well, nobody needs to be introduced to those. Yes. Have we talked about furries on other episodes? No, I mean, we, me and you have talked about it a bunch. We don't need to talk. <laughs> me and social media, it's always trying to get me to、uh, match with the furries. Because you follow a lot of wolves and animals、yeah. and stuff. And they're like, well, this person probably has a weird sexual fetish where they、exactly. dress up like an animal.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as fetishes go, that one is probably okay to go extinct, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who's to blame here? 
Furries. <laughs> Smoking. All right. Sure, there was a... Uh... You know, that weird phase that the wolves went through where they were killing humans and eating them and stuff. You know, that probably didn't help. But in the end, it was the importation of American ranching philosophies, basically, that wiped these guys out. These new methods led to a highly successful extermination campaign that wiped them off the archipelago. Here to speak to that in our newest segment called Closest Cousin is uh peppers the shibu inu he is the most closely related living relative to the japanese wolf hey yeah yeah my name is uh peppers i'm uh like melissa said i'm a closest cousin to the japanese wolf what do you want to know we grew up together <laughs> you got any funny stories about do i <laughs> one time i mean my cousin the japanese wolf before they went extinct god bless their souls <laughs> We're sitting there, we notice this guy coming in a cowboy hat, and this is very unusual at the time at the Japanese archipelago, and I said, you be wary of that guy right there. <laughs> I don't know, I think there's something, there's just something about him that makes me think he's going to extinct your whole species. <laughs> and my cousin says, you don't know what you're talking about. These people, they worship us. We got to them. And I said, I don't know, call it a cousin's instinct. But I think their farming practices will eventually wipe you out after placing uh, a bunch of bounties and, uh, you know, using a poison to kill you. And, uh, you know, a virus also speeds up the whole process by presenting you as bloodthirsty killers. And, uh, and wow. eventually uh, all these things add up till uh, you're just a piece of garbage and you get thrown into the trash and then put into a museum. That true story. For you to be able to... Uh foresee all of that is outstanding well you know it's his family well, you know what was the what's the key to your survival here why why are you as a shibu inu yeah why are you not extinct and uh the your cousin is is i'm cute <laughs> you're cute you stay well groomed stay cute that's uh <laughs> that's the goal here well thank you peppers you're welcome <laughs> appreciate it All right, well, uh, that is the story of the Japanese wolf. Episode one, over. How, how did that feel? It's a good start season two. Well done. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to all the other animals that uh, will surely die. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's see. We got some social things you could follow if you want. We got the Twitter. It's at ExtinctionPod on Twitter. We got... Melissa, don't sell it too hard. Oh. Come on. <laughs> We're not selling out here. Yes, of course you can follow Extinction Event on Twitter at Extinction Pod. And also, where else? Facebook? You got the Facebook. And of course you can rate it on... Oh, I t Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. There you go. If you like it, tell somebody. Yeah. Maybe don't. Leave a hateful comment. Yeah. We'll read it. We'll read it and we'll internalize it. If you leave a harsh critique, it's going to make it on the show. Mm-hmm. So do it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys uh, in two weeks. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.
JPEG like deer production.